To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So I have a great question today about sibling aggression and giving attention to negative behaviors. So we know that aggression in toddler years is quite common, be it with siblings, peers, or with us parents sometimes. So I'm going to dig into this behavior. I'm going to break it down more than I have previously or in some different ways. But first, a couple of quick things I want to go over. First, if you send in a podcast question, we don't usually respond to those because we get quite a few, but we do answer pretty much every question that we do get in. So, um... We're currently actually only one month out, so we've caught up quite a bit. So if you have a question, now is a good time to send it in. I know I just went off on a whole tangent there, but um, but normally we get a lot of questions. We just don't have time to respond to those, but we do put them up and we um, answer pretty much every question. 
But if you ask us a question about the classes, about something you're looking for that you can't find, especially if you are a member asking a question about where to find some particular information, how to access anything, um, how to get to the website, I'm sorry, how to get to the Facebook page, like the group Facebook page, any of those types of questions, we are very good about getting back to you. So please check your junk folder. Okay, a quick update. And that is that the book is coming along. I've been pretty focused on that lately. So this is the book on strategies for parenting toddlers through lots of common struggles. These are the best tips from the podcast all in one place, divided out by topic or by chapter. So I have some great introductory information, including some toddler development stuff to keep in mind, and then also talking about temperament, just some great background information. Then I cover the challenge areas, tantrums and meltdowns, nighttimes and bedtimes, potty training, aggression, and more. The whole book is now written. I'm now going through the first round of edits. I'm sure there'll be a couple more rounds after this. The first draft of the cover design will be done tomorrow, Friday. Um, if it looks great, I'm gonna post it to the Instagram account, Iron Mom 2020, as soon as I get that. But if we need a few tweaks to it, I will wait until we finish those edits. Um, the book is called The Connected Parents Guide to Toddlerhood, Easy Fixes for Seven Common Toddlerhood Challenges. So really excited to really keep getting that going and getting that out to you guys. And we will put it up for sale on Amazon. Okay, the question. I think uh, everybody will get something from this question. It's a great one. I started listening to your podcast a while ago, but felt that I always still had some more questions. And I have a question about time ins. My oldest son, who just turned three, has been pushing his 14-month-old brother more lately. He's not an aggressive kid by nature and has never been one to push any of his peers. But with his brother, it's very different. He doesn't even do it all that hard, but he still does it. And at times, his brother will fall back and hit his head and get really hurt. We had been using timeouts, but then discussing things with him after. But I would like to try just doing time-ins. My only hesitation is that a time-in will give him more of my attention, which is something he's always happy to have more of. I already give him plenty of attention, but he's constantly wanting more, especially when his little brother is around. He's definitely jealous of his brother, even though he gets more quality time with me than his brother does, which already makes me feel guilty. He is very good at expressing himself verbally. He knows how to express his thoughts and feelings, and he would often ask me to move his brother out of the way so he wasn't bothering him, rather than pushing him out of the way. But I also want him to learn to work with having his brother there and accepting that he's going to want to play with him. He knows he can move into another room, his bedroom, or play with his toys up higher if he's worried about his brother, but wants me to come with him or be wherever he is all the time. I'm just really at a loss of how to deal with the dynamic between the two siblings at this age and what I should or shouldn't be doing to cater to either of them. I also want to understand how giving a time in won't be something that encourages his behavior due to the attention he will be receiving from me. So great question. I think a lot of parents are concerned about bringing too much attention to an unwanted behavior because we know that negative attention is still attention. So this is just a great question and definitely one that is worth clarifying. Okay, so I think last week, or maybe two weeks ago, I talked about parenting in stages, about focusing in a few key areas at each age and not trying to fix or perfect everything all at once. So I'm gonna talk about that with this scenario too because I think it really fits well. I'm gonna talk about aggression, why it happens so often in the preschool years, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but I'd like to give that background. 
I'll also talk about coaching and time ins and some nuances that I haven't talked about before that I think will help clear some things up. I'm going to talk about sibling relationships, why they are ripe for these struggles and when and how to address those so you can help your children have the opportunity for lifelong connection and even friendship with one another as they grow into adults. So I know I've talked about this a lot on the podcast about aggression being common, and I know anyone who's been listening for more than a month already understands this pretty well, including mom who sent in this question, but I always like to set up the foundation again for anyone who's new or as a reminder, just so we're all on the same page. So everyone reacts. We all react to things that push our buttons, but we adults have more tools. We have more practice. And we have a fully developed brain. At least we hope so. (laughs) Even so, we still might react. We might yell at our kids when they push us too far, when we're tired, when we're sick, or get defensive with our partners or our parents or our own siblings or friends on occasion. Even with everything we have going in our favor, we still can react to things. Now, toddlers and preschoolers are very impulsive. They are lacking brain development to counter the emotional reactions. So reacting with a physical outburst, yelling and screaming, the meltdowns, these are the reasons that these are going to happen very commonly. It takes practice. It takes reminding and working with them to make different choices. It also means it takes opportunities to practice these skills. So every time our young child gets upset or pushes or hits or has a meltdown, this is that opportunity for us to help them practice at developing those skills that they are still lacking. Now, they will naturally develop more and more control as they as their brain develops, as they get more neurological connections going. But also our guidance and reminders will also help this process. It helps them build these neurological connections earlier. The other piece of this I haven't talked about much, if at all, is that these behaviors are a message about how they're feeling. So we need to heed the message while teaching that the feelings are valid, but the behavior is what needs some work. We accept the emotions, we accept the feelings, but the behavior, we don't. So in this, they need to know that they are still loved and feel understood, that we all need to feel the security of love and acceptance even when we're at our worst. So we all want this. We're all looking for this as adults, as children, adolescents, every age. We just want to be accepted for who we are as we work to become better people. We want to send the message to our kids that I hear you. I've got you. I'm going to help you through this. So while not feeling like we are accepting the behavior, so that feels like a tall order. How do we do that? The first step is protection to the extent possible. So this means protection for both children. Protection for the child who is on the receiving end, as well as the child who is more commonly the perpetrator. So in many sibling relationships, when we have two younger children close together, it can become both who struggle with each other, but oftentimes it starts with the older one struggling with the younger one, especially, again, depending on the ages, if they're close together. Obviously, the child who is on the receiving end deserves an environment free from being hit or pushed. 
But the child who is struggling with the big reactions also needs the same protection from their own reactions. So we need to do what we can to create a safe space for both of them. Now, I know mom in this question has tried to do that by creating a space um, for the older child, which I think is great, up in the bedroom or up high on the table. Unfortunately, when you're three, that's just not an option. That's very exciting. He wants to be down with everybody else, doesn't want to be alone in his room, but also playing on the table is more limiting. He wants to have that space on the floor. So um, we're going to talk about three. What is three? Three is where kids are really starting to get very creative in their play. They're going very deep in their play. And so the more space, room, access to the toys that they can have to be able to do that and go deep in their play without the limitations of having to stay on the table, they're going to want to do that. And it sounds like this little guy is probably a very creative kid, very um, creative in his play and really wants, doesn't want to have that limitation. So that's the issue that um, mom's coming up against there with that. That's why he's not really taking to that. It's just not quite the same. Also, the child who reacts often feels bad or guilty afterwards. So, you know, they don't want to do that. So the protection is really for both of them. We don't let kids do a lot of things we don't feel they're ready to handle. They don't stay home alone. They don't use a stove or a knife or what have you before we feel like they're fully ready to handle the responsibility. You know, a toy-wielding toddler who gets mad could be just as dangerous as a child trying to use a knife. So we want to take the same precautions as we would in other situations. Now, what I love about this little boy is that he is using his words to share his needs very clearly so that he can keep his brother safe. He doesn't want to hurt his brother. He just wants space to play unencumbered and not worry about his brother coming in and messing with whatever it is that he's working on. So he's really good at communicating this, which is really mature, very early. So we want to do whatever we can to create that safe space for both of them. So things like partitioning off the playroom. So they have those big play area partitions, those big kind of plastic, almost like fences, something like that. Um, see what you can find that where you can create some partitions for each child to keep them safer playing in their own area. Also offering options for them to play together when we can fully supervise. So this helps with both sides of that, allowing the older son to have that space and time to play on his own and go deep in his play without a little toddler coming in and trying to like pull all the trains apart. But just like teaching them to use a knife, we would supervise them together until we feel like they have the skill to do so well. We want to do the same thing with their social emotional skills. We want to give them the space they need to play unobstructed until we're there to supervise. So I'm going to talk more about this, the steps to helping young children navigate these interactions so that you can support them to get to the place where they are more skilled and you can start allowing them to interact with direct supervision and intervention, as well as some great tips on helping siblings build strong relationships. I'll get into all that right after a word from our sponsors. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. 
My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Now that we're back after the break, I'll cover more about helping kids navigate playing together and supporting children in playing alone as well as what to do when the occasional accident does happen because we all know we cannot foresee everything and also some tips for building strong sibling relationships. So when your child says he'd like space to play or to move their sibling out of the way so they're not bothering them, that is a very astute observation that says to me there's a lot of emotional maturity. It's saying, I don't want to hurt him and I'd like to play on my own. I want to go deep in my play and I'm afraid he's going to disrupt that. So showing that we understand this, I hear that you would like to play and you're concerned your brother will get in your way. Or you can repeat exactly what they said, but it lets your child know you heard them, you understand exactly what they need. It creates a safe space for them to share their feelings, even if they may not be a popular feeling. It's saying, I don't want to share or play with my brother right now. That's not always the most popular thing for adults to hear. But if we can be accepting of that and understanding of that, it lets our child know that these feelings are okay. That if it's a time you can accommodate that request, you want to do so 
by allowing the child to play in his section of the play area with all of his toys while either keeping the sibling occupied by playing with the sibling, reading to the sibling, feeding a snack, or having your younger sibling, having the younger sibling with you as you go about your tasks. Your little companion can actually help you do all kinds of tasks. So there's a lot of ways to keep the younger sibling busy while the older one can go about his play in the way that is most creative and open for him. Then when you are available to work with them both, to be there, to really supervise very closely, if your older child says something like that, again, ask you to keep the sibling out of the way and he's already had the alone playtime that day, then you can connect with his feelings. I hear that you like to play alone and are concerned that your brother will disrupt your playtime. But remember, you got a long playtime this morning on your own. So now for a few minutes, we're all gonna play together. I will be right here to make sure he doesn't pull apart your train tracks, okay? So this way you're hearing the feelings, you're connecting to the feelings and his concerns, you are there to take care of those concerns, um, but then also help facilitate your older child getting used to the idea of the younger child playing and joining in. So you can facilitate this by showing the younger sibling a train, like choosing a couple of trains or letting the older child choose a couple of trains that the younger child can play with, um, how to run it on the tracks, or you can help the younger sibling build something small, a couple of tracks, a couple of trains, a couple of cars, like whatever it is they're playing with over on the side to the side. Now, invariably, the young toddler is going to want to come over and see what's happening because it's probably bigger and incredible and amazing. And it's big sibling, it's big brother or big sister who is big and amazing. And they can do so many things that little sibling cannot do yet that it is very exciting for them. So, you know, you're managing this relationship with a young person who's very enticed by the older person, but the older person who's not so interested in the younger person. So this is just something to manage, understand the feelings from both sides so that you can be aware of that. Also, you want to keep in mind that children do not get adept at interactive play until around three and a half. So this means the younger one is three to three and a half. So there's a lot of time before they will be ready to be really good at playing together or even sort of good at playing together. So right now you're just working on protecting space and creative play, working on building trust, meaning the trust with the older one that you're going to be able to protect his play space. And that younger brother is going to learn how to join in on the play in a way that isn't going to be destructive to what he's working on and some skills of some small negotiations and working through those. So what happens during those times when any number of things could happen and one sibling does hurt another. The play area divider came down, you had to do something for just a minute, the dog distracted you, who knows, it happens. First, we give attention to the child who is hurt. We're not gonna go over the top because otherwise either child could learn that getting hurt or crying gets attention. But you just wanna do a check-in. Are you okay? Let me see your arm. So this way, the child who acted out isn't getting attention first, and this is enough to not make it feel like the attention is for acting out because the other child's getting attention first. Then this is where the time in will come in. We connect with the feeling. I can tell you were upset that your brother came into your play space and dot, 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 like whatever happened. And we move from here, once the feelings are held and discussed, we move from here into the coaching better behavior, 
after we connect with the feeling, support their feelings first. The feelings are okay. We understand the feelings and they're valid. We want to remember to keep the messaging is all feelings are valid, but all reactions are not. And then we're going to work on what are some better reactions. Okay, now some tips for sibling relationships. So I'm going to give a little background information here and then some tips for building the relationships. So when we foster and support positive sibling relationships in the short term, they help to drastically cut down on the amount of fighting. In the long term, it builds strong sibling bonds for life. Fighting is over things or experiences. And I'm sure you've heard, it's not fair. She got to go blah, blah, blah. Or he got a sticker and I didn't. That's the fighting. Rivalry, on the other hand, is over parental attention and or affection. Parental attention is a limited resource. So you want to assume that the rivalry is there. So you can recognize it when you see it and be prepared to reassure the child who is feeling left out, that they are loved and cared for just as much as the other children in the family. You want to set your expectations first in your mind, then with your children. What expectations do you have for them? Now, we can't expect our kids to always get along perfectly all the time, but we can set expectations about how they need to treat one another, how they handle disagreements. Now, as I've already discussed, it's also important to take your child's age into consideration because at 14 months and three, they're not going to work through disagreements well at all or be able to even discuss it. But now, if your children are relatively close together, Before the age of three to four for the youngest, this means a lot of parental supervision and coaching through these processes. A two-year-old and a three-year-old or a two-year-old and a four-year-old, it's just hard. The four-year-old is really trying, but a two-year-old just doesn't get it. They're just going to come in and destroy everything and destruct, and they're not trying to. And the four-year-old is just struggling because they just want to build something and they don't want it knocked down. So you're really trying to manage this, trying to give the older sibling some safe space from having what they're working on destroyed. Now, if you have an eight or nine-year-old when a baby is born, that's a really different dynamic. So you can have different expectations that you can leave your eight or nine-year-old unsupervised with the baby when you go to the bathroom and she won't pinch the baby or push the baby over who's sitting up, that type of thing. That's very different. But if you've got a two-year-old or a three-year-old and the baby's sitting there or in the chair, it's not unlikely that they'll go over and pinch baby because it gets a reaction. So we want to keep this in mind and do what we need to do to keep the younger sibling safe from the older one who's either just curious and likes to see the reaction and doesn't understand what they're doing or the older one from the younger one going in and just obliterating whatever it is that they've been working on. Once the siblings are three to four and older is when you can really guide them and provide opportunities for building bonding experiences. So here are just a few ways to do that. You wanna give opportunities for shared experiences. Now these can be anything, park trips, trips to the zoo, hiking, shopping, learning new skills like sports, flying a kite, family bike rides. These are things that give them memories to share as they age and that build that bond. You wanna create opportunities for getting along, like playing games, sharing toys, and if you have younger kids, ages three to four, even four to five, you wanna encourage turn-taking first. By four to five, kids get much better at sharing So you can try it. But if they're still struggling, you want to go back to the turn-taking. 
If they still struggle, then you can go back to the turn taking. And a good way to do this is using a timer because this keeps it very fair. By age five, you should definitely be able to step up to sharing, letting them just share back and forth and negotiate how they're gonna share toys or who's gonna use what for how long or to do what, or who's gonna build what part of whatever it is that they're building, that type of thing, or what are the rules of the game that they're playing, working together, the cooperation piece. You wanna create opportunities for sharing space, sleepovers in each other's rooms, Camping in the living room, the backyard, camping trips, and hotel stays are great opportunities for kids to learn to share their space with each other. If you want to learn more about building strong sibling relationships, some traps and pitfalls to avoid in doing that that can actually make things worse, the class on sibling rivalry and also the class on birth order are chock full of information on this topic, both what to do and things not to do that can actually increase sibling rivalry. Also, the class on your developing toddler, your developing preschooler, misbehaviors and solutions, and helping your child with anger all have great information about helping your child learn better ways of behaving. They're broken down by age, what you can expect, and how to work within each of the age ranges most effectively to improve this skill, along with all the other 60-plus parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.